welcome them to an order of service for noon day. Today, Wednesday, September the 30th, 2020. Today, we celebrate the life and witness of Jerome, priest and monk of Bethlehem. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and unto the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Psalm 119, verses 97 to 104, found in the Book of Common Prayer on page 771. Oh, how I love your law. All the day long it is in my mind. Your commandment has made me wiser than my enemies and is always with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your decrees are my study. I am wiser than the elders because I observe your commandments. I restrain my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I do not shrink from your judgments because you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. They are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your commandments, I gain understanding. Therefore, I hate every lying way. Glory to the Father, and unto the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 to 49. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I'm sending you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Today we celebrate the life of Jerome, priest and monk. And Jerome is um, perhaps the foremost biblical scholar of the ancient church. And he was the one who translated the, the Bible from the original Greek and Hebrew text, known as the Vulgate Virgin, along with his um, commentaries and homilies on various biblical books, have made him a major intellectual force in Western church. Jerome was born in North Italian town of Stridon, about for 347 
and was converted and baptized during his student days in Rome. On the visit to Trier, he found himself attracted to the monastic life, which he tested in a brief but unhappy experience as a hermit in the desert of Syria. At Antioch in 378, he reluctantly allowed himself to be ordained a presbyter and there continued his studies in Hebrew and Greek. The following year, he was in Constantinople as a student of Gregory of Nazianzus from 382 until 384. He was secretary to Pope Damasus I in Rome and spiritual director of many noble Roman ladies who were becoming interested in the monastic life. It was Damasus first who set him to the task of making a new translation of the Bible into Latin, the vulgar tongue, as distinguished from the classical Greek, hence the name of his translation, the Vulgate. After uh, the Pope's death, Jerome returned to the East and established a monastery at Bethlehem, where he lived and worked until his death on September the 30th, 420. He was buried in a chapel beneath the church of the Nativity near the traditional place of our Lord's birth. It's interesting, um, you know, about Jerome and the text that we read from from Luke, even in the other readings um, for today, um, there's a, a, another reading from Second Timothy, there's another reading, uh, Old Testament reading, which all point to educating others, sharing your knowledge. And as we hear about Jerome's life, um, they also say that he had a, um, a, a restful disposition a pride of learning. Um, you know, he was ir just irritated to learn and, and the extravagant promotion of um, asceticism involved him in many bitter controversies over both theological and exegetical questions. Yet, he was candid at times in admitting his failings and was never ambitious for churchly honors. A militant chap of orthodoxy and in the fable worker and a stylish of rare person you know of rare gifts fancy guy yeah Jerome was seldom pleasant but at least he was never dull yes he's known as the the translator of the Bible into Latin And uh, as we today, we have the Bible now translated into English and uh, to whatever language perhaps uh, one, one may speak. But one of the reasons why Jerome wanted to, to use this particular translation because um, he, he, he wanted the, 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 the Hebrew as much as possible to be remain Hebrew. 
and, and the Greek, because you know there's some words that in, exist in, in, in the Hebrew that there's no translation for. But, and then to pull the two together, the Hebrew and the Greek, so that when he wanted to, to say, have a discussion with, um, with you know, the, the Jews, the Hebrew people, he could be, you know, comfortable conversing with them in their own language. In the second century um, before Christ, Jewish scholars in, in Alexandria, um, Egypt, had translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. And tradition had it that this translation was the work of perhaps 70 to 72 scholars. And accordingly, the result was known as the Septuagint. And this contained, uh, it means um, it's the LXX, and uh, it speaks about six or more books. The early Christians, most of whom knew Greek but not Hebrew, were accustomed to using this particular um, text, this, this version of the Old Testament. The old Latin version in the Roman Empire outside the land of, 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 um, of Israel. This is what, what was, was used. And then, then they, they turned it and, and made it into Greek. But Jerome was determined that, you know, as I said before, to, to preserve the Hebrew language. He obviously met his challenges. Intending a translation from, he, from the Hebrew, he ran into some difficulty with the Psalms. And you know, back there, almost everyone knew the Psalms. And he had to be very careful in, in, in translating the Psalms because it was one, perhaps one of the better known texts. And to gain it from, from Hebrew into Greek was quite challenging. And even scholars today will tell you that some of the, the, the Psalms has lost their, their, their original flavor. And so the history of Psalms in English, uh, in some ways, um, we go all the way back to perhaps to 1611, uh, you're looking at the King Drange version when it was published. Um, generally accepted, um, you know, by, by English uh, speakers. However, the Psalms in English were already an established part of public worship um, in the Coverdale translation um, of, 19, of 1536 or thereabouts. At one point, the response to the Psalms in the Convention version was, this is, the, what is this nonsense? Take away this new fangled modern translation and leave me to recite the Psalms in the good old-fashioned version that I learned at the knee of my dear old silver-haired mother, the most magnificent version that the pain of man has ever written. You see, the version that has comfort, comforted and sustained persons all the days of their life. So when you maintain, um, perhaps in an anti-conferral, Episcopalian, and you hear the choir chanting, the Lord is my shepherd, 
Therefore can I lack nothing. You know, and goes on to say, He leads me in green pastures and leads me forth besides the waters of comfort. And then if you look at it in the modern text, you know, the, the flavor, um, the original flavor is not there. And so you hear uh, the Coverdale's Psalter. And for some of us, at least, um, it is a, a great treat that, uh, especially deeply deep rooted in the English uh, Christianity, um, which is full of, of, of complex associations that make ready um, reading um, this particular text to have a rather deep moving experience. So the Psalms are very precious, very um, poetic. Jerome, we are told, was intemperate in contrast of his and uh, any correspondence with him tended to generate into a rather heated um, situation. His friendship with Augustine, uh, conducted by letter, nearly ended before it began. Fortunately, Augustine seized him, sized him up, sized him up um, correctly, soothed his feelings, and was extremely tactful thereafter. As I said earlier, um, Jerome had a, a, a hot temper. He had this pride and this passion for learning and obviously for sharing his knowledge. However, he was candid at times in admitting his feelings and was never too ambitious for either worldly or churchly honor. As we think about the text for the day, we think about the life and the witness of, of Jerome, how it's going to impact our lives, the, the, the passion for God's word, and how, like Jerome, how we could share the good news of Christ with others. And so I urge you today to be, like Jerome, passionate for God's word. Amen. Then the text, most of the text today were taken from um, the writings of James Kiefer and from holy women and holy men. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. Lord, hear our prayer and let our cry come to you. Let us pray. O Lord, O God of truth, your word is a lantern unto our feet and a light to offer. We give you thanks for your servant Jerome and those who, 
following in his steps, have labored to render the Holy Scriptures in the language of the people. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will overshadow us as we read the written word, and that Christ, the living word, will transform us according to your righteous will, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today, in the world cycle of prayer, we pray for the people of Finland. And in, in the ecumenical cycle of prayer, remember the members of the churches of, churches of Christ in Australia. God of all power and love, we give thanks for your unfailing presence and the hope you provide in times of uncertainty and loss. Send your Holy Spirit enkindling in us your holy fire. Revive us to live as Christ's body in the world, a people who pray, worship, learn, break bread, share life, heal others, bear good news, seek justice, rest and grow in the spirit. Wherever and however we gather, unite us in common prayer and send us in common mission that we and the whole creation might be restored and renewed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now, Lord God, in, in this noonday hour, we pray for your healing, a healing of body, mind, and, and spirit. We pray, Lord God, that your risen and ascended Son, as he went about healing, Lord God, that you would empower us, Lord, today with, with the the similar skills to bring healing and restoration to the life of those who seek it. And so, Lord, with that, Lord, we ask you to give wisdom and skill, um, diligence and patience. And we pray, Lord God, to prosper the work of those who seek to bring relief from pain and suffering through the intelligence, Lord, that you have provided for them. And we pray today, Lord God, for those persons who are recovering from illness or surgeries, those who are being incarcerated. We pray to God that they are protected in, in their lives. And we pray, Lord God, today for the work of Jerome and all those who translate your holy word in a language where people throughout the world can understand. Remember today, Canon John, Reverend Kathy, Hollis, Chris, Corinne, Monica and Bernard, Ajaja, Cyril, John, Victor, Albert, and for all those persons, Lord God, for whom are our prayers are requested at this time. We pray also for those who have died. Remember Ellen May Joyce and Elsa Watley. We pray God's comfort for their families and their friends as they experience this time of loss. We also remember those persons who have 
and their bereavement of loss of job or in loss in a relationship that they've had. Remember those to be baptized or confirmed or ordained or elevated in your church. We pray at this time as we here in this diocese prepare to reopen our churches in a, a matter of weeks for in-person gathering. And we pray, Lord God, as persons come to worship, that they will be respectful of the rules and guidelines. We pray, Lord God, for our protection and of all those persons who will come to worship. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are still in the hurricane season, we thank God for the showers of an we thank God for his protection and thus far. And as we lift up those persons affected by various uh, weather systems, we pray our God to protect them and, and guide them along the way. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord of heaven and earth, grant unto us thy suppliant people protection against hurricanes, earthquakes, and other calamities that in tranquility of weather we may rejoice in the comfort we desire and may always make right use of thy bountiful goodness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our mission statement here at St. John's. As disciples of God, we at St. John's Episcopal Church are called to restore all people in unity through Christ, embracing justice, peace, and love. Blessed Savior, at this time you hung upon the cross, stretching out your loving arms. Grant that all the peoples of the earth may look to you and be saved. For your tender mercy's sake. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you say to your apostles, Peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church and give to us the peace of that unity where we find in the heavenly city where the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, we thank you for joining us here at St. John's Episcopal Church on our Facebook page, St. John's Episcopal Church VI. And we that you will join us again on Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. where the, this Sunday the youth will be leading the act of worship as we get ourselves together, our church ready for in-person worship after the church has been cleaned and sanitized and inspected. We will be letting you know exactly which Sunday we'll be ready for um, those 50 persons to come and worship. And that we ask you to be respectful of the, the guidelines when you do come back up to church. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Yo, keep it low Keep it Oh, my father Yeah, who art in heaven Yeah Me no fear none of them Oh Welcome to St. John's Episcopal Church in the Diocese of the Virgin Islands. We are on the big island of, of St. Croix in the beautiful uh, Paradise Islands of the Virgin Islands. Today, I encourage you to join us at 8.30 a.m. Um, please come on board and, and join us. With, um, uh, keep it cloud crew as they um, expand our ministry at St. John's. Um, to, to the a little wider community uh, throughout the world. So we are on on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and then on Wednesdays at 12.10 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. And we encourage you to, to join us um, in serving the community, not only for St. Croix, but throughout the world. 